All right. Go ahead and take a seat. Um, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, Alex, can I read? So we're going to read from uh, John 3, 1 through 8. And, uh, and Alex can read it for me. All right, so this is John 3, 1 through 8. <clears throat> now there was a man, the Pharisee named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come to us, God, or come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered to him, Truly, truly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can, he, how can a man he born when he is old? He entered a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Good job. Um, sweet. Well... That's it. First, not first John. John, three, one through eight. Um, so hopefully, some of you guys are excited about this as much as I am. Nicodemus um, has kind of like always been, not always, but like for a while, he's been one of my favorite char- people in the Bible. Um, and I like, I hate saying that, um, but he has even become more exciting to me after I've like been working on the sermon. So. Um, what, what I'm going to do, it's going to be kind of like going through, um, so keep your, like, if you have this open or like on your phone, um, keep it, keep it open because I'm kind of going to go through it like as a story, because uh, it's really a conversation. I don't know if y'all met, m- noticed that, but, uh, but basically it's a conversation. So we're going to f- start out verse one, um, talks about Nicodemus, right? Who is Nicodemus? Good question, right? You probably have like this idea, um, of who he might be. You might even have a picture of him. Um, and the Bible, especially like this passage, says two things about him. It says uh, he's a ruler of the Jews, okay? And it says he's a, he's a teacher of Israel. Um, so the ruler of the Jews part, um, it's really interesting. Um, basically, it's just describing his job. Um, he was a part of the Sanhedrin. Um, never knew what that was for a long time. Um, long time walking with God, I'm like, oh, yeah, Sanhedrin, I heard that before. I even probably used it. Um, but I never knew what it was. It is, in essence, the Supreme Court of, of, uh, of Israel, um, and he served on it. Uh, there's 70 men that make this up. Um, so first off, you know Nicodemus is, like, brilliant, right? He's got to be a smart guy. He's, like, a chief justice, right? Most of them are, um, especially Scalia, but that's another story. Um, he was a genius. And so what he did, the Sanhedrin was made up of 70 men um, who were, there was like a high priest, um, some ex-high priests, and a lot of them were just kind of like these privileged, like men from privileged families. So this is like 
this is like upper echelon Jerusalem, okay? Um, so even like Jewish tradition even says that Nicodemus was like the third richest man in the city um, in Jerusalem, which is the capital of Israel at this point, um, which it's not, you're not the third richest man. He's not the third richest man of like Brewston Mills or like Point Pleasant or Westover, right? You could be the third richest man. Now, this guy is like big balling. Um, he's like, He's like Paris or London or like Cairo, okay? Think think that big riches, all right? So he's rich, he's smart, okay? Um, and then Jesus Jesus calls him in a little bit, not in this passage, but in a few, a few verses later, he calls him a teacher of Israel. That's so cool. If Jesus calls you a teacher of Israel, that's like, oh, well, must be pretty cool. Um, so what he does... You can tell that, like, this guy is, like, well-renowned. Even Jesus knew who he was. Jesus grew up going to the temple. He probably even, like, heard Nicodemus speak a lot of times. They kind of knew each other. Um, and so, so like, he's honored as, as a ruler of the Jews, okay, so power, and a teacher of Israel, which is wisdom, okay? So that's who Nicodemus is. So this is where a lot of misconceptions are born. The very next verse says, this man came to Jesus by night. Stop there. He came to Jesus by night, right? So what's he doing? What do you do at night? Sneak. Sleep or sneak? I think some people said sneak. I wanted to hear it, so that's what I heard. Sneak, speak. Um, thank you. So he's, a lot of people are like, oh, he's like sneaking around. He's like sneaking around. He's probably like playing like Call of Duty with his other temple buddies, you know. Uh, he's like, hey, guys, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to go to Taco Bell real quick. And then he, like, goes to Jesus' house or something, right? It's not like that. Like, that's what so many people think. And I do not believe that. G. Campbell Morgan says um, that he was, um, he's a smart man. And he knows that Jesus is most available at night, right? Jesus had just, right before this, Jesus had just, um, like, basically, he's in the center of all this controversy. And he is... Nicodemus isn't a chump. He knows that Jesus is most available probably to speak one-on-one, -on -one, to ask questions, okay? Um, he's available, so he's a, he's a pretty big deal. So he has time at night, okay? And also, Jesus talks about some stuff in a little bit, and I think this night is not a night where you would just kind of like happen upon Jesus' house. I don't think you'd just be like out for a walk. Like this night was probably very windy, probably pretty cold or stormy, okay? So what Nicodemus is doing here when he's going out at night is, like, seeking Jesus, okay? That's what we got to see. We got to see that, like, Nicodemus isn't just, like, stumbling upon Jesus' house or the house he's staying in. He's he's seeking him out, okay? And and the main reason I think that is because he's the only one of the Sanhedrin that's even asking Jesus any questions, right? So he's going after him. He's, like, seeking him out. And so I know for a fact, I think Katie talked about it last week, but to be a disciple, you always have to take a position of a learner. Um, Nicodemus, he's like, you know, he's like this wise man, and he's going after, this is like so crazy to think about. He's probably old. He's going after this guy who just started his ministry. It would be as if a carpenter started a church in Morgantown, and then like, I don't know, like Joel Osteen or like someone like renowned would go to him and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, no way would that happen, right? Except Nicodemus is humble and he's a good disciple. He's a humble disciple and he's like, okay, I don't, I can learn from something, okay? Anybody that's a good 
doctor, lawyer, teacher, athlete, small group leader, small group member, every single time that they want to learn and be good at something, they have to take the position of learning. Does that make sense? So that's what Nicodemus is doing here. He's saying, I don't care what other people are saying. They can see me. Maybe he was sneaking around. There's, that's not for sure. But he is humble and he's a disciple. Okay? So he says, this is funny. Um, <laughs> he says, Rabbi, you know, sorry, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Right? Two things about that that we have to look at. I can't let this go. I love Nicodemus. I just talked him up. And now he goes and says this. It's like, oh, this guy's awesome. Like, his character's so sweet. And then he opens his mouth, right? And he's like, hey, Jesus, uh, um, we, we know that you're a teacher come from God for no one else can do these signs, right? And Jesus is probably like, we? And he's like looking at him like, who's we? It's just, it's just me. It's just you. What are you talking about, we? So Nicodemus, yes, he's a humble disciple, but he's a little bit scared. Um, and you can see that. And I, I, I don't know if you all have, like, done that before. It's a lot easier to say, like, hey, we don't believe this than, like, I don't believe this, right? Um, or, like, I do believe. Maybe you did that in class. or yeah, I just, like, picture, like, a little kid. Like on a playground, like going up against the big kid and like, hey, we think this. And then all of a sudden all his friends are like, pew. And he's like, and he's like, oh, you think that. You know, like that type of thing. It's like, no way, man. You can't say we know. You're just, it's just you. You came all this way. Um, and then he says, he says the two words that some of us, some of us hate. I always, I'm always open with you guys. Every time I get to talk, I always share something that you abuse Slow claps, um, <laughs> other things that I won't even say. Um, so here's another one. Please don't abuse it. The two words, I know, right? You talk to someone, and you're like, hey, man, you're just trying to help them out. That's all you're trying to do. Hey, man, uh, hey, maybe if you just did this a little bit. Yeah, I know. And you're like, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and you're like, no, 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 man. I, what I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I mean, I mean this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know. And you're like, okay, gosh, like, <laughs> I'm just trying to help you, man. Um, and so there's a, Nicodemus is like, hey, Jesus, I know. And to open, open anything up with those two words, like, if I'm here, I'm like, all right, I don't care. Um, Jesus is good, better than me. Um, he luckily he doesn't do that. But so that's what Nicodemus does. He starts out by saying these things. Um, and it's really interesting to think, like, how, like, like what it means when he's saying these things, like, like how he's approaching Jesus, right? He says, we know that you're a teacher. Come from God, right? Um, Alexander McLaren says it. I think he says it best. Um, there should have been a lot more cheers for Alexander McLaren. I'm sorry, that's your fault, not mine. Um, go read him, he's amazing. Um, he says, the man that said we know and then proceeded to tell Christ the grounds upon which he was accepted by him was not in the position which becomes sinful men drawing near to their Savior. We know that thou art a teacher. Oh, sorry, I added this part to make it a little more understandable. Um, 
A more fitting response would be falling on his face and crying back into him. Uh, Jesus, master, have mercy on me. Or, Lord, save or I perish. And you get the difference between the way in which a formalist, conceited of his knowledge, and a poor perishing sinner, conscious of his ignorance and need, go to the Savior. Okay? That's pretty crazy. Jesus really can only be approached two ways. Okay? He can be approached with your head, with what you see, or with your heart, with what you believe. Okay? And talk about that. So, what does Jesus say? This is like the next best part. Um, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? <laughs> Basically, he says swerve. What you just said, like, I'm not even trying to hear that. Like, he's like, all right, that's, that's, that's nice. But here's what you need. Like, I'm not interested in what you have to say right now. I'm interested. We don't have enough time. You don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to go in, like, to, like, circle around with what you just said because it was, it didn't, you didn't say anything, right? Like, you didn't really say anything. All you did was reveal your heart and your need to be born again, okay? Born again. Born again. That, that word. Um, so before, <laughs> so before I, like, started preparing for the sermon, I would avoid that word legitimately. I'd be like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, like, bo- uh, be saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Or, like, something like that. Because I always thought it sounded, like, way too churchy or, like, way too, like, like if I say born again, this person's not going to get it, right? Like, they're not going to get it. But I was very convicted by my friend David Pawson. He said, well, he's up there, I think. When you stop using pi- biblical language, you stop using biblical principles and biblical thought. And I was like, David, shut your mouth. <laughs> um, but he's old in English, and I couldn't tell him to do that because he's basically a sweet grandpa that does things like that to you. Um, so born again is not bad. The only reason it's bad is because I thought it was. Because culture says it was, right? You hear born again, and you're like, you guys are already thinking like, oh, I know who needs to be born again. You're like, this, I know this person, right? It might be like rock star, like reality star, right? Probably all of them need to be born again. Like born again is basically just like they need Jesus. Um, Drug addicts, like people in our families, all these things like, oh, they need to be born again, right? I just need... (laughs) <laughs> I just need to, like, accept Jesus into my heart, right? Like, eh, I don't need to be born again. I just need to, like, I just need to make a, a faith decision, right? Something like that. And it's like, no, you need to be born again, okay? You need to be born again. If Nicodemus needed to be born again, then we do. Look at his life. <laughs> he, he's nothing we just said. He didn't necessarily, like, Like, if we were looking at him, he wouldn't need a radical religious experience in order to be saved, right? That's what we would think. But Jesus kind of went against that. Um, Nicodemus is so funny because, like, of the ideas that we have about him, they're, like, so way off. But who is he? He's, He's, like, a rich. Oh, sorry. This is what we probably think Nicodemus looks like. Like, that shady, kind of, like, weasel guy. He's like, he's like this, like hunched over. I don't know why villains are always hunched over. <laughs> they have bad backs. So if you have a bad back, you're probably a villain or destined to be one. Um, 
You got to stand upright to not be one. But I'm just kidding. Um, someone's like, what did you mean? Um, and I'm like, no, you're bad. Uh, so Nicodemus is not like this. I just said it. he's a humble disciple. He's like walking around. Look at this night. It's like so nice. It's like evening. He's like, he's like walking. He probably had like his like shawl over his face. No way. Like he is not someone. Jesus was like, no way. You, even you need to be born again. If that was the person that came in, I'd be like, man, you don't even need to say anything. Man, you need to be born again, right? Like, there's no question about, like, who this guy is. Nicodemus was like, we already talked about it. He's smart. He's rich. He has a lot of power. Um, <laughs> he's probably, like, he's a, he's, probably, he's a dad, right? He's probably, like, I mean, a rich man back then is probably, like, a little bit overweight. He probably looked a little bit more like this guy. Okay, like, <laughs> no way. He's, he's, like, the third richest guy there. And so, like, there's no way that you think... He's going to, um, that guy doesn't need to be born again, right? He's holy. He's got a tiger. <laughs> Those guys don't. But, like, hear me out. Like, Nicodemus, if he need, if Jesus told him he needed to be born again, then there's no excuse for us. He's a Pharisee. He's a, like, outwardly, outwardly, he's legitimately a holy man. Like, he's, he's probably perfect, like, in his actions. Okay? But obviously, Why? Why did, like, this holy, wise, brilliant man necessitate Jesus for him to say, hey, you need to be born again, just like those people out on the street, right? Or, like, those people that you're just thinking of. So, why is it? Because of what he asked him, right? Because of what he said. He came showing, he came showing like, everything. Even though he didn't really say much, he came like, hey, I believe in you, God. I don't even believe you're God. I believe in God with all of my head, right? As long as it's comfortable, as long as nothing has to change, I'll believe in God, right? That's what Nicodemus is saying at first, okay? I'm going through this chronologically. So at first, I believe in God with, your, in it, with my head. He basically is saying, look, I can pray, and this is like true for all of us. We can pray. We can go to Chi Alpha. We can go to small group. We can be small group leaders and only believe in God with our head, okay? But that's not what Jesus is saying. He says, in order to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. Pretty cool. So, sorry. Um, Nicodemus is saying, hey, Jesus, you're qualified because of what you can do, right? You did this, you did that, you've done this in my life, right? You're qualified because of what you can do. If you couldn't do that, you wouldn't be qualified, right? That's with what you can see, with what you can, with what you believe in your heart. Says, hey, Jesus, <laughs> whether you do this stuff for me or not, it doesn't really matter. You're qualified because of who you are. You see the difference? That's the difference between believing God with your head and believing God with your heart. So, another, like, Jesus is God. He didn't, he didn't even, like, acknowledge that, and he's qualified because of who he is. Daniel, in the, in the Bible, like, in the Old Testament, like, so cool. He's, like, friends with the king. Um, he had this position um, in, in, in government, and, but he didn't have, and he changed, he changed the future. He changed his country. Essentially, he helped change the world, right? He didn't do that because of his position in society, he did that because of his position in God, okay? You see the difference. Like, he believed in God with all of his heart. Cool. 
So, what does Nicodemus say next? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Right? That's not a bad question. That's actually not a bad question. Um, Big reason I like Nicodemus is because of his honesty. So, he's honest. He's not there yet. It took a lot for him to come here, right? He's growing. Even in this conversation, he's growing. He says, he's like, hey, it took a lot for me to get here. Now, I don't, I, like, I don't understand. But what is he doing? He's starting to let his walls down, right? No longer we, right? No longer, hey, you might be God, right? He's looking Jesus in the face, and he's like, well, how can I do this then? So, he's starting to realize that it can't just be sight. It can't just be my head, okay? It has to be something more. I need a new caliber. You can't call it faith because all he had before was sight. It's not like a bigger faith. There's a lack of faith, okay? Don't get that wrong. If you only believe in what you can see and what you hear, you don't have faith, okay? It doesn't take faith to do that. So Nicodemus needs faith. He needs to realize that faith casts out sight doesn't mean leave your head behind, okay? Jesus says in a minute, like, What's born of the flesh is the flesh. What's born of the spirit? You have to be, a, you have to be um, born of baptized, sorry, born of the water and the spirit, okay? So he's saying not only do you need your head too, but you need to bring your heart into it as well. The only instrument to see the kingdom of God is through faith, okay? That's the only way we're going to do it. Um, because if we're walking with God and we're like looking for the kingdom, we're not going to be able to see it with our eyes, okay? Nicodemus, I think, would have been changed a lot if he would have been able to be around right now because what we have at our fingertips is one of the most theologically sound, anointed, just brimming with fire Christmas movies of all time, okay? We've got the Polar Express. (laughs) And Tom Hanks, in all his wonder, says... He says this, <laughs> sometimes seeing is believing, and sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. It's in it. You should watch it again. It's a great movie. I'm a proponent. Some people don't like it, but if you listen to the words, it's definitely worth it. So what does that mean? That's not contradictory, okay? You've got to realize that this isn't contradicting itself. Jesus isn't saying, hey, I made you with eyes, but you don't need them, right? He's saying seeing is believing. Yes, true. But sometimes there's more to it, okay? If we just believed everything we saw all the time. <laughs> so we're like, <laughs> we like go to the movies the other day. This is months ago. We go to the movies the other day. And we're sitting there. We're like, right, I don't even remember what movie it was. I just remember this part. So we're like sitting there. The trailers are on. And I'm like, I'm like watching this trailer. John's sitting next to me. And I'm like, what? What is this? What's going on? No, no, no. Oh, no. No way. This movie, very, I don't even know what it's called. Don't want to know what it's called. It's portraying something that's very, 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 very popular right now, okay? And John's sitting there, and he's sitting, I'm, I'm watching him laughing because he's like, he's seeing something, but he can't believe it, right? <laughs> That's like, he's seeing this, but he's like, he looks over me and he's like, <laughs> he's like, sit over here. He's like, what? 
like in utter like in utter disgust and dismay. I was like, I don't know, man. So that's seeing, like seeing is believing. Yes, you can see so many things, but you you can't believe it. There's so much stuff that you like. Just think about what you see or hear. That you're like, no way is this real, right? No way is this re-. like. I'm sorry, <laughs> not sorry at all. The bathroom, the bathroom in the lair. There's so much stuff that's like. If it feels good, do it. How can something be wrong if it feels so right? Like these, these ideas, like these attitudes of people, like I, I understand it because I've been there, because I wasn't born again, because I was only seeing things with my head. Does that make sense? Like you have to see stuff for what it really is. The only way to do that is to be born again, and the only way to do that is to see Jesus. Okay? Look at this quote. I'm going McLaren all night. Nobody else. He says this. Oh, Tom Hanks, I'll give him that. And David Poss, I'm lying, I'm sorry. He says, uh, oh, brethren, if we rightly meditate upon two facts, two facts, the holiness of God and our own characters, I think we shall feel that Jesus Christ has truly stated the case when he says, you must be born again. Look at this. Unless you and I can get ourselves radically changed, there is no heaven for us. There's no fellowship with God for us. We must stand before him and feel that a great gulf is fixed between us and him. That's it. If you, when you look at Jesus, then you start, when you're born again, (laughs) and you look at, first of all, if you look at Jesus, you see the necessity of being born again. You look at his holiness, you look at his love, his sacrifice, all these things, and you're like, man, like, and then you look at you. <laughs> I've been places, I've been public, I've been with Katie before in, at a restaurant. She, like, goes away for a minute. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm, like, thinking about Jesus, right? And I'm like, man, Jesus is so good, like, sitting there. I hate texting or, like, getting on my phone, like, because that's what everybody else does, and been called a hipster. Um... And I'm like sitting there thinking about Jesus, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, oh yeah, cool, Jesus is awesome. And then I'm like, oh man, and like start thinking about myself, and I'm like, I'm like sitting there like trying not to cry. And Katie like walks up and she's like, you all right? And I'm like, let's just go. Uh, it's like sucks so much. But like think about like think about Jesus, and then think about you. You need him. There's no other way to say it. Like you need. To be, he says it like you need to be born again in order to save the kingdom of God. You need to be born again. Okay? Like, man. So what's he say next? A couple verses later. Best part. My favorite part. He says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. It's kind of mysterious, right? You're like, what is he talking about? Um, I was too. Jesus is simple, but he doesn't always lay everything out for you. He wants you to seek him, right? He wanted Nicodemus to seek him. He gives us his mystery so we can seek him out. Man, so cool to think about. Even last week, this weekend, hopefully, like, continues to happen. Like, the Lord is moving, Kyle. Like, <laughs> that is so cool. Man, that's so cool. And people are getting saved. People are, like, are getting, like, more real. Like, what you were just talking about, like, that was awesome. 
And, like, the Lord is moving in Kaiapha. Y'all, this is so sick. What's it, what he's saying right here is, like, exactly that. Like, the sound, you can hear, you can, you can, you know the wind's there because you can hear it and you can feel it, right? Another way to say is, like, if you have a plant, you know there's a root, but you can't see it, right? But you can see the fruit, okay? So what's the root? Like, let's say the root is the spirit. What's the fruit of the spirit? Love, right? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all these things. If you got saved, like, within the past couple weeks, or, y'all, this is, this is it for every, this is it for everybody. Even if you've been saved for, I mean, years and years, like, this is everybody. You have to be, um, you have to realize this. The fruit of the Spirit, if it's not evident in your life, if your life hasn't been changed, like, what's up? Right? Like, what's going on? Man, so cool. You can hear the sound of the wind, but you don't see where it is, but it's the Holy Spirit. If you got saved this past week or a couple weeks ago, you're going to go home soon, probably. Maybe not so soon. But when you do, your family's going to hear something, right? They're going to see this fruit, and they're going to be like, whoa. <laughs> right? They're like, what's going on with you? What happened? Like, you're really happy, or, you know, you don't go in your room and, like, turn on music all the way up, or shut your door, like, stay isolated. You're, like, nice to your brother and sister. You're, like, nice to your mom and dad, right? Like, you're, like, helping. You're, like, hey, mom, can I, like, unload the dishwasher? And she's, like, uh, who are, like, like you know, like, uh, uh sure. Um, they're, like, weirded out by this, but they, but it's the, it's the spirit. They hear the wind, but they don't know where it's coming from. So cool, y'all. So cool. So, McLaren, part three. Y'all are going to like him now. He says, well, he quotes this song first. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I'm just kidding. That's part of the Bible. Like four people thought that was anything. They didn't hear it. Um, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Because duty has become delight, and there is no desire in the new and higher nature for anything except that which God enjoins. The true freedom is when, by the direction of our will, we must we change must into I delight to do that will. So we are set free from the bondage and burden of a law that is external and is not loved, and are brought into the liberty of. For dear love's sake, doing the will of the beloved. <laughs> Duty becomes delight. That's why this is for everybody. If you've been born again, if you haven't, <laughs> this is what matters. It's jumping from here to here. Okay? When you get born again, it's like a fresh start. Like you are new whether you think so or not it's growth so be patient okay so what happened to Nicodemus uh you see him two more times in the bible you see him at a trial and you see him at a tomb you guys can come back up here um you see him at a trial and you see him at a tomb at the trial He's growing, okay? 
at the tomb, he's born again. You can tell because he's, he's no longer concerned with what people are thinking about him. He's no longer going to Jesus at night. He's no longer halfway saying something. He made the jump from his head to his heart. He believed in Jesus with everything, and he trusted that he was God because of who he was, not because of what he did. But, like, there's history that says that Nicodemus' daughter, you get to see her one more time, not in the Bible, in, like, a history book. And it, uh, it says that she's, like, out in the streets of Jerusalem, and she's, she's walking behind a horse um, because she's picking up the corn that fell out of its feed bag. This chick's, like, essentially a princess. She's the daughter of the third richest man in Jerusalem, right? She's picking up corn. You don't do that for fun. You don't do that because of anything other than survival. She doesn't have enough money to survive. Her dad doesn't have enough money to survive because his position, his everything was taken away from him because he said yes to being born again. So what did Jesus say? He said, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel, you'll find it in the end. Nicodemus is walking around with Jesus right now. Doesn't care if he lost his stuff. He asked these questions because he was humble. Jesus told him what he needed. And I think Jesus is telling us, like, what we need tonight is the same thing. Um, they're going to start singing. I, uh, I really want you guys to, to like, think about this. Um, but not just, like, not just think about it in your head. Like, do something about it. Um, a lot of times, like, the Holy Spirit asks us to do stuff that we're like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> right? Maybe it's coming up here. Maybe it's standing up. Maybe it's raising your hands. Maybe it's, I don't know, praying with someone, asking someone, letting those walls down. Like we just looked at steps, right, to be born again. You come humble. You have to be humble. You can be scared. It's okay. But you have to be born again. And if you have, has your duty become your delight? I know, like, I know, like, looking at different people and, like, maybe comparing yourself to them, where they're at spiritually, like, when they walk up here and they, like, get on their faces or, like, worshiping, and you see that, and you're like, man, what's the deal? Like, what is that? Like, man, I was saying, like, a lot of times I'm always kind of, like, quick to say, ah, that's, you know, like, that's not really my personality. Right? The real question is like, is, is it not part of your personality to be obedient to Jesus? Listen to him. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Father, thank you for loving us, Jesus. Lord, we ask that, that you would speak to us tonight. 
that we could respond to you immediately, Lord, not waiting. Father God, thank you for, for your urgency and for your love for us and, and for being gentle, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Never pray. Amen.